I want to talk today, uh, in the time that we've got, to uh, carry on my last message, which I got to preach a couple of weeks ago. Um, I mean, I just want to say what a privilege and an honor it was for us to have Pastor Reggie here from uh, Kings Park International last week. What a great message. I hope you've been enjoying times of refreshing in the Lord as he, as he prophesied over us. But I'm going, to keep, I'm going to pick up, if you want to turn to Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to pick up part 2 of the message that I started um, two weeks ago now on knowing your calling and um, knowing who God's called you to be. And uh, we're going to read Ephesians 4, uh, verses 1 to 16, and I'm going to pull a few things out of that. But I believe God wants to, to remind us and share with us. Okay, so verse 1 of Ephesians 1, just again by way of reminder, this is the Apostle Paul writing to a church in Ephesus, which is now in modern-day Turkey, a church that he started, I think, probably one of the first megachurches in the world, uh, characterized by signs, wonders, and miracles, everything that we want, really. In fact, such miracles that Paul's handkerchiefs and sweaty aprons were so full of the glory and the anointing of God that they would take those to people and, and they would lay them on sick people and they'd get healed and there was a, a massive turning from witchcraft and a massive burning of witchcraft paraphernalia because the kingdom of God broke in and people got turned from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to the power of God. All right, so Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, Paul writing from prison, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean? but that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds or pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up, into, in, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. It's the word of the Lord. Lord, would you open our minds, open our ears, open our hearts to what you have to say to us this morning or this afternoon, Father. So let me just give you a little summary by way of reminder. Last couple of weeks ago, we we, we were looking at this passage and the first thing that was important and I want to just remind us all is that in Christ Jesus, we are all one. 
We all have the same significance in Christ. We all have the same, we're, we're all loved by him. We're all favored by him. There's no one that's better than another in this community, in the body of Christ at large. Why? Because we're all in Christ Jesus. And we have one father. And that one father has had a plan to rescue us and to make us his own by sending his son Jesus so that his son Jesus could live for us, each one of us, and die on our behalf so that we could be united with him and we would all have one savior who's come from one father. And so we're all in Christ Jesus. We are all his body. We are united together. We are all one. There's one hope, there's one salvation, there's one Lord, there's one there's baptism, there's one spirit. So we've now all been baptized into Christ, baptized in, in the Holy Spirit, so that we are now one in the Spirit as well. And so there is no place amongst us for disunity in the body of Christ because we are one body with the same Father and the same Savior. The same God who loves the person that's who loves you is the same God as the person that's irritating you. Who loves, sorry, who loves the person that's irritating you. Or the same person that you feel frustrated about or the one that you want to gossip about or the one that you want to you know, tell everybody how terrible they are if they believe in Jesus. They're the, they're the same father loves them in equal measure as he loves you. So there's no room for gossip or backbiting or slandering or, or anger or viciousness or any kind of sense of being apart or superiority because we all have one savior and we've received that salvation not because of the good things that we've done, but because of the perfection of Christ and the love of Christ. There's not a single person in the body of Christ that's earned their way into salvation. There's not a single person in this church building, in this community, watching online, that is actually could say, hey, I've achieved what I've achieved by myself. It's my goodness that's getting me to heaven. It's all by grace. And so we're all recipients of grace. And therefore, what Paul's saying is maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. We're called to unity. We can't achieve that unity without the power of the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit on the inside of us that's bringing down all and purifying our hearts from all of the, the stuff that we hold you know, into ourselves or we hold against each other or the anger and the, the, the hatred or the violence or the, just the superiority or whatever it is. It's the Holy Spirit that's bringing that freedom and that cleansing to us through the blood of Jesus. And we're to therefore to maintain this, the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace because we've been called to one body. So the unity of the church is in the unity of God. And the person sitting next to you, the person that you maybe find difficult is loved by God in the same way that you're loved by God because we're all his favorites when we come to know Jesus because we're in Jesus and he's chosen us from before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. He's chosen us to be his objects of his love and his desire. And there's nothing that you can do about it. <laughs> Other than reject it. But what's the point of rejecting the best gift in the world? And so, we're one in Christ. We've been, we've been made one in him. And so Paul starts this message by his saying this. He says, I therefore a prisoner of the Lord, I'm urging you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And what Paul's saying here is each one of us has a calling in Christ Jesus. 
That calling, the word calling in the Greek, that word for calling is actually kalesis. That word in the Greek, what that means is it's a divine calling or a divine invitation. It's something that is a vocation for us. It's something that God has designed us. It's who God has designed us to be, his purpose and his plan for our lives. And there's an invitation to each one of us. The calling is an invitation. Are you going to step in and embrace that invitation or not? And Paul's saying here, my desire, my urging is that you would walk in a manner worthy of the invitation to which you have been invited. What's the, what's the invitation? The invitation is the invitation into the life of Christ, into the power of Christ. And so when we get to verse uh, 7, we see this. We see grace, which is a free gift. It's God's free gift to each one of us. His grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. In other words, each one of us has been given the gift of Christ and the nature of Christ resides on the inside of us. And our life now in Christ reflects the nature of Christ. And each one of us have been given a gift that looks like Christ Jesus. That's our wiring, the way that we now think, the passions and desires that we have, the things that are God-given that he's put into us, which are, which are the gifting and the callings, the measure of Christ the vocation that God's given us. And it says this, it says that word in each one of us in the Greek actually is the word hekastos, hekasto, which means each and every. So to each and every one of us, each and every one of us who are in Christ Jesus, we have all been given a grace gift, which is the measure of Christ's gift. It's a, a, the part of Christ that he's given to us to reflect the nature of who he is. So to each one of us, we're called, and it's, notice that every single one has been given the measure of Christ's gift. What is the Christ's gift? Well, if we get down to verse 11, the, the gift is this, that he gave apostles, some translations would say he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be shepherds and teachers, and some to be uh, shepherds and pastors, and some to be teachers. It's what we call the fivefold gift, the fivefold ministry of Christ. It's, it's who Jesus was and is upon the, on the earth, uh, but his, in his, his calling and his mission, taken up as the apostle of our faith, the, the priest, the, the, sorry, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the shepherd, and the teacher, right? that's the gift of Christ and that's the gift that each one of us has been given to some degree and some measure and so we talked last time about how that gifting actually isn't just like we have one gift it's actually could probably be more accurately described as a, 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 a complex of gifts or a pie chart Right? where each one of us, we carry the measure of Christ, but the, 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 we're wired to be you know, more apostolically bent or more uh, prophetically leaning or, or more evangelistically or more pastoral or more teaching oriented. We're wired that way, but we all have a dimension of that. And if you were to look at your life, your life would be like a pie chart, you know, you know like the different sizes of cheese, can't think of a better illustration, but if you have a round of brie, you know, you chop it up into different slices. You know, you might be more in one and less in another. You might be more apostolic or prophetic or evangelistic, but you've got them all. Because why? Because to each one of us, to each and every one of us, according to the measure of Christ's gift, we've been given those gifts. 
It's a vocation. It's, a, it's his invitation to us. It's his wiring. It's his design of us when we've come to know Jesus. And so a couple of things just to remind us about that. First thing is when we, you know, it's easy to think about for us because it's in our more of our sort of paradigm in church, in Christianity that right now is to think about, well, yeah, prophet, not sure about prophets. Uh, yeah, I can see evangelists, I can see pastors, and I can see teachers because we, we kind of see that. But prophet, yeah, I'm not sure about an, an, an apostle. Well, uh, what are you, you're thinking you're a bit big in your boots, right? You know, how, how could you think you're an apostle? Now, we're not talking about here about the, like being equivalent to the Apostle Paul and writing half of, you know, a third of the New Testament. We're not talking about, you know, being like, um, you know, the Apostle, um, you know, Peter and, and, you know, we're not talking about that level necessarily. But there's an apostolic gift of Christ that still remains upon the earth that he's releasing to his people. Because an apostle is simply this, it's someone who's sent with a mission to represent the person who he's been sent by. And so we all carry a dimension of, of, of that and we're not to feel like, oh, well, apostles and prophets were for the previous time. Now we're in a dispensation where we get to experience just the teaching because we've got the word. You can see lots of places in the Bible where there's apostles who never wrote a word, the word of God, but they're considered to be apostles. Just read Romans chapter 16. So each and every part of us, each and every one of us has been given this gift. And, and actually that word hekasto is, also appears in verse 16 where it talks about where, um, when each part is working properly. There's this, that, that, it's the same word as each and every part. When each and every part of the body is working properly, the body is going to build itself in, up in love. In other words, we need all five-fold gifting from the Holy Spirit. Now, the difference in, um, for each one of us might be the leadership capacity or the leadership call that the Father's given us, that the grace that he's put upon our lives. doesn't mean to say that we don't have the fivefold. It just means that for some of us, we have a greater leadership capacity or a greater measure than, than others. And so we're not all called to be Cindy Jacobs' prophet or, you know, a Bill Johnson-level kind of apostolic person. But that doesn't mean to say that we shouldn't be disqualified or we shouldn't disqualify ourselves because the gift of Jesus is in you. Second thing I want to say about that is it's not a business title or anything to boast about or something to put on your business card. We're not called to be, you know, this is not like a title that we get to throw around and tell everybody what to do because I'm a, I'm a prophet, don't you know? You know, or stand aside, peasant, I'm an apostle or whatever it might be, Right? This isn't like, oh, how fantastic are you because you've got that title. No, this is a gift of God. It's the gift of Christ that's given to you, and it's given to you for a purpose. That gift is given to you for the equipping of the saints, for the building up of the body of Christ, so that we can all come to maturity and be all that God's called us to be. For this church, for the body of Christ to function properly, we all have to step into alignment with the gift of Christ on the inside of us and fully operate in that gift. Not just here in four walls of a building, but actually everywhere we go because what God has given us is that vocation, that calling, that invitation where there's a, a, a marrying of who we've been, you know, who our passions and our desires and, and, and uh, you know, our nature and our, our, and our tasks, what we do, that he's put that together and we're all called in that function outside of these four walls to see the body of Christ built up. So we have a vocation, we have a calling. That calling carries with it great blessings, great anointing, great, great love from the Holy Spirit. 
You and I, we have a purpose. Christ has a purpose for us. It's in our design and how God made you. It's how he's wired us and designed us and gifted us specifically for that purpose that he wants us to accomplish. So, but in the Bible, there's a number of gifts that are mentioned in the, in the New Testament. The first we've been talking about here is this gift of Christ of the fivefold. And that is really the... Um, the operating, the, 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 the gift that everything else operates around. It's the organizing principle of all the other gifts in the, in the New Testament that the Holy Spirit gives us. Like the sun, like our planets all, all orbit around uh, the sun, that the, the gifts of the Spirit all are organized around this gift of Christ in us that he's called us to be. Again, we're not talking about a big title. We're just talking about the gift of Christ on the inside of us. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there's this uh, outlining the nine uh, gifts of the Spirit. Hopefully you're familiar with it, but if you're not, I would encourage you to go and read that. And it, and, and it starts with this in verse 7. It says, to each one has been given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And then it starts to lift that, list out the nine uh, spiritual gifts of uh, of. Uh, Prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, wisdom, knowledge, gifts of healing, miracles, faith, and um, discernment of spirits. Those are all the gifts of the Spirit. Those are the things that the anointing of the Spirit in, in our lives has released us, is releasing us into uh, to enable us to fulfill His calling. The word, um, it's when it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says, to each one of us has been given the manifestation of the Spirit. That word manifestation is phanerosis in the Greek, and it basically means an exhibition. It means to take something and make it actual and visible. In other words, the gifts of the Spirit, like, a prophet, like prophecy, is the gift of God, you know, the Spirit residing in you, but the moment you prophesy, what you're doing is you're making the Spirit visible and real to the person that you're prophesying over. But that gift is situational. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, an exhibition moment. It's not like, you know, you get one gift and you get stuck with it. I don't believe that. What I believe is that, that actually we're all given the, uh, the ability of the Spirit, this, the abilities of the Spirit, that we're all given the abilities of the Spirit that we could actually, in the situation that we need it, pull out the tool from the tool belt. And if we need a prophetic word, we can release a prophetic word. If we need discernment of spirits in that moment, we don't have to go and find someone with discernment of spirits. We ourselves can discern it because we have the gift of the spirit on the inside of us. We want to, when, we want to, when we need a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, the spirit on the inside of us can manifest himself and make real the, the life of Christ on the inside of us and make it real in the moment. And so it's for, it's for all of us. It's a, it's a situational thing, though. And so, yes, you know, we're, we're to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts so that we can yield ourselves to him so that we actually are able to flow more purely, that the Spirit flowing through us more purely so that we can operate in the gifts. We're to practice the gifts, according to Hebrews uh, chapter uh, 5, verse 14, I think. And, um, but... They are gifts of the Spirit, but they're part of, they're operating around this call from Jesus to be fivefold ministers. 
The second uh, time we see some gifts of the Spirit in <clears throat> the New Testament is in Romans chapter 12, where there's a list of, of these gifts. And that, that, the, the word that's described there is in Greek is praxis, which means an action or a, or a practical thing. In other words, there's the gifts of the Spirit that are for manifestations, you know, the exhibitions of God. But then there's these gifts of things to be done that are practical. Things like leadership, things like mercy, things like... Um, hospitality, things like generosity, things like exhortation that are very practical that the Lord releases to us that we get to bless other people with and they get to experience that. But that's all part of the orbit. That's all part of our tool belt that's orbiting around the reality that we've all been called into a measure of the fivefold gifting of Christ. So it operates around that. So we're called as uh, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, and whatever mix of gift that God has for you and I. And then he releases the gifts of the Spirit upon us so that we can manifest his love and his goodness to people all around us. And he gives us the practical dimension so that we can continue to love the gifts, of, you know, love those around us. And, um, and, the, and what happens is the body of Christ is built up. His purpose and his calling for each one of us is that we would play our part because the body can't function properly and can't be built up unless we function and do, do what God's called us to do. And so the thing that then jumps out at me from this point is, okay, if, I'm, if we're all called and we've all been given a measure of the fivefold gift of God and it's a vocation, it's who we are, it's where our design, it's where our, the being of who we are and the tasks and the things that we do meet in that place, then how do we know what we're called to? How do we know? Am I a prophet? Am I a pastor? Am I a teacher? I don't know. And what does the gift mix look like? I mean, am I like prophet and then teacher or am I pastor and then shepherd or what? I mean, you know, prophet or what? You know, how do we know? And, um, you know, one of the ways that we can know is that we can have people call it out for us, particularly people that are operating in that gift, and say, this is who you've been called to be. But again, it's not a title. It's not something to sort of say, ah, oh, good, oh, finally, someone's recognized me. Yay, move out of the way. Right? This is for the building up of the body of Christ. Now, we have this opportunity coming up uh, in the fall. We've got uh, in September, right, early, mid-September, we've got uh, connect groups starting up. And some of our connect groups we're doing is uh, a tool that's been developed by a friend of ours, Michael Brodeur, uh, who's been, you know, about a year ago preached from this platform, uh, got this uh, assessment tool called uh, Destiny Finder, or, you know, he's, and it's really to help us on our journey to find who God's made us to be and who God's called us to be. And we're going to be running a couple of Destiny Finder groups, maybe more if there's more interest, and we've got leaders, to actually help us determine and, dis and understand the gift mix of God in us, not just the fivefold of what we've been called to, but also the gifts that are prevalent in, in our passions and our desires and those things, you know, the situational gifts and the practical gifts that God has also given us. And your destiny will be achieved when you combine your gifts with your passion. In other words, doing what you're good at and what you enjoy so that you're not just collecting a paycheck, but that you're actually doing, catching the wind of the Spirit to do what God's called you to do to make an impact you know, in the people that God's put in your life. So as you discover your destiny and you discover your calling and you have somebody help you along that journey, you're actually going to experience maximum fruitfulness, maximum fulfillment, and maximum faithfulness. And that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah. Who wants to be fruitful, faithful, and, um, 
uh, and fulfilled. And so Destiny Finder is this. It's a, it's a powerful tool that's going to ask you some questions. You're going to respond to those questions. And it's going to basically give you a summary of these are the, this is the things that God's given you. This is how he's made you. This is what, you're, this is what makes you tick. In, maybe you know that already. Maybe you don't. But then there's in, within the group opportunity to step that through, have somebody help you do some, and do some teaching and learning so that we could actually step into the reality of that and then not just to know, okay, this is who I am, but now to say, okay, what do I do with it? What do I, what is, what do, I do? Because here's the reality of the kingdom is the more we give away, the more we receive. The more we step into who God's called us to, the more he confirms and flows through us who he's called us to. And so we're not called to be a dam where we just hoard everything that God's doing, but we're called to be a river where we give it all away. And so it's a great opportunity to learn about your gifts, to learn about who you are, and to help you with your journey. We want you, our desire, part of our call, is that we want you to be maximum fruitful, be maximally fruitful, and to help you on your journey so that you can achieve all that God's called you to. Because he's called you to amazing things. The Bible says in, two, in Ephesians 2.10, for we are Christ's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, for which he is prepared for us in advance to do. I love how the Good News translation says that. It says, God has made us who we are. And in our union with him, he has created us for a life of good works, which he's prepared in advance for us to do. God has made you who you are. It's not by accident that you're wired the way that you are. It's not by accident that you think the way that you think. It's not by accident that, there's, that, that, that you're doing the things that, God's, you, know, that, that you find yourself doing. There's, there's a purpose and a design for you. The, challenge, the tragedy comes when we don't fulfill that purpose and we don't fulfill that design and we find ourselves doing something else, but actually God keeps saying, no, come back to this because this is who I've made you to be. And so after this service, in a very short time, Rochelle's going to be there at the Connect table, which is at the back. There's a big Connect sign. You can't miss her. And um, she is going to be sharing a little bit more about Destiny Finder and the process. And we really want you to be, if you're not going to be part of another Connect group, we would love you to come and do a Destiny Finder group because we want you to be activated and fully alive in who God's called you to be. So as I'm wrapping up here, I just felt like the Holy Spirit wanted to do a few things amongst us. The first one is this, that, you know, for some of us, what we've, been, what we've been about is desiring a platform. What we've been about is desiring a position or recognition when the reality is we're already somebody because we're placed in Christ Jesus and Christ has loved us and made us his own and he looks at us and he says, you're my son, you're my daughter whom I love. But we've been seeking a platform. We've been seeking some opportunities to make ourselves feel better because if we have this opportunity or we're recognized by this or that or the other person, that we're somehow going to be, feel better about ourselves. And so I feel like the Lord wants some of us, we're going to need to repent. Or, well, the invitation is to repent from seeking a platform. For some of us, it's actually that we've despised the humble beginnings We've actually seen what God's doing, but we're not happy with where we are because we want to be over there. We want to be the Cindy Jacobs. We want to be the Reinhard Bonkies. We want to be whatever, our heroes. And we find ourselves here and we're frustrated and we're anxious and we're angry and we're despising the day of small beginnings when God's saying, no, I, I'm going to get you there. But be faithful with a little. So we're not to despise 
the humble beginnings. For some of us, it's actually not about despising the humble beginnings. It's actually despising who we are, us, who God's made us to be. When we've been rejecting and trying to push, push away and say, no, I don't want to be known as a pastor. Or I don't want to be known as a teacher. I really want to be an apostle. Because somehow we've got it in our minds that's, that's better or more exciting. Or I don't want to be known as a prophet. Everything, you know, I don't want to know every, everything that's going on. I, I just want to be a pastor and take care of people. Or I don't want to be an evangelist because that just sounds scary. So we want to, we sort of, there's a, a process I think the Lord wants us to repent for despising the things that he's put within us. The fourth thing I think the Holy Spirit wants us to repent for is just being comfortable. You know, just hitting cruise control. Just staying where we are and not being comfortable, not wanting to go ahead and not knowing that, you know, the, the, the passion that Paul had and talking about that in Philippians chapter 3 where he says, I'm pressing on to that which Christ has called me for. There's a vision and a mission. There's something to be laid hold of. Don't be comfortable. Press in. And then finally, there'll be a repentance for seeking certain people, seeking to hang out with certain people and not allowing God to, 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 so that you can be defined by that, not allowing God to define you, and then not allowing God to, to, to talk, call you to disciple other people. So I want to invite you to stand, if you would, please. So, repentance, as Pastor Reggie was saying last week, is just a change of mindset, right? It's just turning around, saying, Lord, I don't want to carry on in this direction. I want to press into you. And it's simple. It's, you know, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. So we don't just get forgiven, we get cleansed. That's good news. Because it means you don't have to keep going around the same cycles. Because his cleansing power sets you free to step into the new. And so if you've been desiring a platform, just take a moment and talk to the Holy Spirit. And just in your own words, I can't repent for you. It doesn't work that way. You repent for yourself. You get cleansed yourself by the Holy Spirit. And if you've been desiring a platform, it's as simple as this. It's just saying, Holy Spirit, Father, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've been trying to get my identity from being somebody and forgetting that you've already made me your son. I'm sorry that I've been trying to create a platform for myself. I'm sorry that I have been trying to get my identity from being gifted in a certain way. I ask that you'd forgive me. Just pray something simple like that. Just ask the Holy Spirit for forgiveness. And if you've been despising humble beginnings, again, it's a simple prayer. Holy Spirit, please forgive me for trying to be down the road and keeping my eyes fixed so far away that I haven't been connected to and faithful to what you're doing now. Please forgive me. And please make me and help me to be faithful. I embrace where I am at right now. And particularly for those of you that, those of us that have been sort of rejecting who God has made us to be. And that's kind of in a sense that actually what that does is it creates a fracture in our soul. Because we're, we're rejecting ourselves. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is just saying, just take a moment, embrace yourself. And if you can't do that, ask the Holy Spirit for help. Because he's here to help us. Say, Lord, I, I'm sorry for rejecting who you've made me to be. I'm sorry for wishing I was someone else. And I ask that you would 
Fill me now with that spirit of acceptance and help me to accept myself. Might even want to give yourself a little hug. Wrap your arms around you and just say, I welcome you, I bless you, thank you for who you are. And for some of us, it will be that comfort. Maybe for all of us, we've just settled into this place of saying, this is good, I don't want to press on anymore. Father, forgive us. Lord, forgive me for every way I've just been in cruise control. Father, I'm asking that you, well, I surrender to you, Lord, and every purpose that you have, and that you would take us on, take us in, take us deeper into who you've called us to be. And the final one is just to ask for forgiveness for seeking out certain people, trying to hang out with the right crowd, as opposed to allowing God to define who he's called you to be and then giving you eyes to see people around you that he's calling you to disciple and pour into. So Lord, just ask for his forgiveness in that. That your identity, your definition of who you are would be anchored in him and he would release to you the courage to give yourself away so that other people can step into their fullness and the glory that God has for them. That Lord would make you a destiny guide for other people as he connects you to your own destiny. Holy Spirit, fill us right now all across this room. Spirit of Christ upon us to confirm who we are, to establish us in Christ. Spirit of God, come. Breathe your life into us. Lord, we're asking for an increase in the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. We're asking for purity of heart to flow in that. We're asking, Lord, for the practical gifts to be released. Lord, for each one of us to play our part, that the whole body would be built up and coming into the freedom of the sons of God. We ask for that in Jesus' mighty name.